Welcome to the Futurology Show um, on this nice uh, public holiday. It's, uh, what, what is it today? Monday the 2nd, I think. Oh, yeah, because in South Africa we get public holidays on Mondays when Sundays are public holidays. It's called a bank holiday. Bank holiday. Cool. <laughs> Well, it's funny you should mention the word bank. <laughs> so that voice that you heard there is none other than Brett Sinclair, my guest co-host today. Hi, you, Brett. Oh, very well. And you, Brett. Hey. Great to be on the show. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Dragged you out of bed or a bar. I'm not sure which one. In the <laughs> Probably <public>. both. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, not to break from tradition, I always like to start the show off with the app of the week. And uh, this is no different. Now, I know I'm going to get hate mail, but this week's uh, app of the week is the new Angry Birds game called Action. And there comes the stuff being thrown at me. So the reason why I chose this game as opposed to any of the other gazillion billion new apps out there is um, it has a really, really cool feature. Besides the gameplay where it's, it's basically the traditional Angry Birds meets pinball. So like you're playing forward into the screen, not sideways as a, as a side runner. Um, there's a, a feature that's, that, you know, well, as you probably know, there's a new Angry Birds movie coming out. I think it comes to South Africa next week sometime. And um, in the game, it says to you that if you take your game to the movie and wait for it, wait for the credits. So you can't leave early or get up and stand um, and turn the game on. So it's obviously using like a Shazam or listening type app. You'll get more content or another level or something like that. So for a diehard fan, it's something I definitely have to do. I tell you, I'm a diehard fan as well, but I noticed uh, my tip of the day is use Wi-Fi. 319 megs download. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. It's going to take a bit of time to rejoice using your Angry Boy (laughs) app, I guess. So as Brett (laughs) says, the other Brett, what do we call you today, Brett? Because B2 is jet-lagged. He says he's jet-lagged. Well, B2 bomber. B2 Bomber. Yeah, oh. Call me a bomber, you know. Okay, bomber. There we go. <laughs> so as Bomber says, um, you, know, I've, I don't, you know when we talk on the show, I've been trying to get you here. With, well, Brett and I have been trying to get you here, so we have the three Bretts. Awesome. But, Our uh, audience would have no idea who's talking. Can you imagine? Imagine the poor producer as well. Sorry, Brett, can you turn up your level on your mic? Which one? That one. The other one. Bomber, bomber 2, one, 2. Anyway. So, yeah, so I just thought that was pretty cool. Um, on the basis that, you you know, it's using tech, it's integrating external apps like Shazam. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my app for the week. Uh, staying with apps, I don't know if you followed the news on Uber um, and their lovely newspaper media stuff that's going down as well. So, basically, in I've just got back from Durban. Um, they've been marching on the Minister of Transport in Durban to, and they've given them an ultimatum, they being the taxi guys and all mm. that. Uh, they've given them an ultimatum, I think, of 14 days to respond. Um, they are losing money. Um, they are... Um, when you say they, the drivers. The drivers, yeah. the taxi With companies. the 20% reduction, right? No, well, you see, I mean, the, not the drivers themselves, yeah. the taxi, like the metered uh-huh. taxis. Got okay? it. They've, they're petitioning this. Okay. They're saying they pay licenses, um, they pay registration fees, and all these wonderful things, and Uber doesn't. Um, and they've pulled a little bit of an El Capone. They're going after Uber on tax. So they've lodged a complaint that Uber doesn't pay its taxes. That's that's their claim. Um, so they had uh, the main guy from Uber on there. Um, Alon. Uh, Alon, that's right. Yeah. Litz or something. Yeah. So well, anyone can come and check our books. We pay our taxes. But I mean, it's like pretty much El Capone. I was thinking like the mafia of El Capone days, you know. Can't get the guy for 
murdering people in public. Um, you know, can't get Uber, get Uber for good service. Can't get Uber for drinking great and value. Stopping us drinking and driving. Um, their drivers don't really take advantage of anyone in the back of their cars because they measured and apt. But those are irrelevant, you know. Uh, here's a newsflash, guys. Get over it. If you're losing money, change your bloody business model. Stop ripping people off. And be a fair meter tax. In fact, Alon said that. He said, we're happy to work with them. Oh, they're happy to share the technology. Let 100%. them use the same technology that 100%. can scale the Uber business. So bottom line is, you know, the same with Airbnb and all these other brilliant products. People's turn around. And as soon as it does well, no, let's be honest, as soon as it blows up, okay, the guys just go, well, we're useless. We've been ripping people off for 3,000 million years. Well, let's just cry foul. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. There's another one that started in South Africa as well, I think. Taxify or something. I heard about it. I didn't get the actual name. I, I heard know. them talking about it, but I uh, didn't go further than that. Well, That's good news, though. A bit of competition in the space. I think Can't it's hope. good. And I don't think even Uber has a problem with it, except for if you look at the stuff that happens in the States, where like oaks are hailing each other's cabs and there's no one there just to get them off their, their grid. <laughs> Anyone wants to phone in? Uh, let's be realistic. I mean, it's a public holiday, but we'll do the stuff. It's 0861555189. Or you can get us on Twitter or Facebook or WeChat. Anyway, so enough on Uber. But that was the um, one of the things that I came across today. Staying with cars, though. Um, at midnight tonight, no, the petrol price doesn't go up. That's tomorrow. And that's something I'm not even going to get into. But diesel does come down a whopping two cents. Don't spend it all at once and you can't even buy a chappie. But um, at midnight tonight... The opportunity for a 60% reduction in your e-toll bill falls away. So apparently... What do you do? No, I mean, you go and pay. Mm. Definitely. I'm, I'm you there. Run there I'm now. There. You fight the queues. In fact, you don't have to. You can pay online. Um, I actually was listening to Wayne Divinage. I hope I pronounced that. Divinage. I hope I pronounced that right. A legend. Um, he actually came on in and said, listen, don't believe the hype. The, the Sandral guys are claiming 300-something thousand people have quickly taken advantage of this last minute. It's bullshit. No one's paying tolls. They can take their tolls. In fact, someone <laughs> did take their tolls. A few, a few weeks Please ago, don't tell me they put it stole, someone stole a gantry in 20 minutes in broad daylight <laughs> out there on the R25 or something. <laughs> They cut the freaking thing down and took it away and got away with it. Anyway. Scrap metal. It's good scrap metal. Um, so, people, please don't pay your e-tolls. I mean, I'm not advocating breaking any laws or anything, but there's a class action suit that's already been filed against the 5,000-odd um, subpoenas, whatever you call it, that have been issued. So, sorry for you, Sanrail, Scamrail, whatever you want to call yourselves. I'm not paying. None of my friends are paying. And uh, you're welcome to serve your notices wherever you are. Bring it. Right, enough free press for uh, e-tolls and everyone else. So this is Futurology. How's that? It sound like I pushed the button today. This is Futurology. Not really. No, okay. This is Futurology. <laughs> well, I'm still waiting for them to record this thing for me. It's only been a few months. There was a hint, by the way, Duncan. I'm waiting for my... Okay, I'm getting the thumbs up. Um, Sony. Okay, now there's a sad, br happy brand. I had to add that. Actually, had to add the word happy in there. I love Sony. I love Sony too. Okay, so I do love Sony, and I've always loved Sony. And in fact, when I do use an Android phone, I have a Sony. Um, I've just bought a pair of Sony headsets. There Stunning. we go. Okay. Fantastic. So here's here's where I'm sad with Sony is that I don't think they've done enough, and I think the market knows that they haven't done enough, and hopefully they're going to do something. But what they have done, I think it was last week or the week before. They filed a patent 
on a contact lens that has a built-in camera with video capability as well. Is it called an eyeball? <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but with an eye. I oh, know that would be Apple. That would be yeah, an eye contact lens. So it is a contact lens. That's fascinating. No, it's amazing. Listen to this. You blink like you're doing now. Are you winking at me or are you blinking? That's just one wink. Oh, uh-huh. nice. So you blink and it will activate. So it's obviously paired to your phone and it's got an app and all those good things. But you can start video recording. And, and the whole thing, I was, I was reading or watching the press release, the video, the teaser. The whole thing is that we spend our lives looking at screens. So, you know, you go to your kid's school, you watching something, you at a rock concert. And all we do is watch through our phones. It's fascinating. Now they're saying yeah. take back life. So yeah. you're, you watch it like you normally would, but you are still recording the memory without having to hold up your phone. It could be so, like a Google Glass to the next level. Yeah, well, you Brett, start with I the mean, camera, you know, put the saline. You know Google Glass firsthand. Yeah. It, it was great in principle, but there yeah. were still issues. So Freakiness. Huh? Was it called glass holes? Glass holes. <laughs> Weren't you a glass hole, Brett? I Just remember, a little bit. I remember a profile picture with you with a still have glass. it. There we go. <laughs> Asshole, and I'm allowed to say that. I think that's just jealousy more than anything else. So I think that that could be a game changer because I did a little bit of research into Sony and it sounds like they've kind of gone back to their roots in a way in the lenses. They're supplying a lot of lens and camera technology to other handset manufacturers. Um, the PS4, I mean, it's awesome. I have no idea what's coming out in PS5, but anyway. So Sony, if Imagine you're listening. retina-activated PS4 experience. Isn't that called virtual reality? Yeah. Like with a new headset? You just move your eyes around and you can control where you are. Yeah, okay. So That'd be pretty I cool. always take it to the gutter. But yeah. imagine going to gym. <laughs> okay, no, no, think about this. So remember the whole issue with Google Glass? <laughs> you saw people wearing glass. You're like, excuse me, yeah. sir, but you can't bring that in here. You can't check the contact lenses. Yeah. So now you're like, just think about it. I don't even have to explain. Well, it. that should be like a different color, green or red or purple. Or maybe so you I know have these you're like wearing scanners. them. Scanners. You know when you walk into a club and that you they scan, scan you. Now they scan your eyeballs. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Um, so anyway, it's, it's but it is interesting that they're going that route. And you know, even if it doesn't go to market, the fact that people are thinking like that—that's mm. pretty cool. Um, I mean, Internet of Things. You could look at the device; it could turn on. You know, so I think there's some cool stuff coming there. Um, now. Today, I'm about to introduce our guest, um, who's sitting there quietly and smiling, and I'll turn his mic on for him just now. But before we get into it, and this is definitely a fintech show, I mean, we're going to go into fintech, but I think the world needs to wake up and realize that there's a little place, which is actually quite big, called China. China has a company called Alibaba. Are you going, oh, did you see this? With the, the acquisition of, of Lazada. Uh, Lazada, I think I pronounced it right. Yeah, Lazada. Their treasure troves have over $100 billion ready to spend on fintech. Hundred Never mind. Billion dollars. $100 billion that they're going to spend on fintech. Never mind these acquisitions okay, well, and Well, here and we startups. go. So let me throw two little yeah. – well, I thought they were significant, but now that you put that number on the table, they <laughs> seem relevant. It. So Alibaba – bought Lazada and Lazada is they were an e-commerce enabler in Southeast Asia region where there is no banks and there is no online and we all know that China and its surrounds are quite uh, conscripted and and controlled they've just bought it for a billion dollars boom thank you very much acquired it didn't stop there though they then thought well this is cool let's carry on they bought something called Ant Farm or Ant Hill I'll tell you now so I got it written down somewhere Mm. Um, it is called uh, Ant 
financial. I was close. Okay. <laughs> and farm. And financial, financial does like digital banking. Well, we would probably refer to more as e-wallets. Yeah. Okay. They were already an affiliate of Alibaba and Alipay. They run the Alipay side mm. for Alibaba. Okay. For $4.5 billion. Mm. So you're talking about $100 billion. There's five and a half with one company, not even the treasure troves of the government and all the other companies. This is just one player. Now, why I say the world needs to watch out, you know, we've often spoken about Americans and we've said with 400 million people, with all the resources, with all the tourist opportunities, whether you're looking to snow or fish or whatever it may be, um, they don't need the rest of the world. You know, we say like when they sneeze, the world gets flu and so on. Hey, man, those days are over. I mean, Trump or Dump. You're saying that China's committed the biggest controversy and they've stolen from America. Bullshit. They produce produce more than everyone else. Exactly. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how the fintech comes out from a country that is so controlled, so watched, which I think is awesome and is definitely a good lead into our guest today. When we're looking at watching security, online reputation, all these wonderful things. And you've got a country that is so closed off that's now saying, hold on a second, $100 billion, we're here to play. But how's, it. how's WeBank? WeBank? Oh, from the from, WeChat guys. From the WeChat group. So a colleague of mine, Samantha Randall, she keeps a close eye on that market. They are over half a billion users in under nine months from start. That's madness, eh? That's madness. Right, so now that we're getting into financials, anyway. I need to turn on a mic and introduce our guest today. So with us today, we have Llewellyn Morkel, who's the CEO and founder of ESCrow. How's it going? Hey, Brett. I'm very well, Which thanks. Brett? B1, yes. B1. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have said bomber. bomber oh, of course. There we yeah, go. There we he go. was listening. <laughs> thanks for coming in again. Public holiday. Yeah. I mean, this is commitment, guys. I mean, I think we should actually just hold on a sec. Can we just... Yay! There we go. So, basically, I've been looking at it. I've got a drum roll as well, if you really want. No way. Okay, I'll leave it. (laughs) So, Llewellyn's joined us today, and I think, Brett, that's also I wanted you to come and co-host, not because the other Brett was being lazy, but I think this is definitely going to the fintech space and and innovation, and I know, Brett, you love Mm. innovation. Okay. Mm. So... If you can, rather, let's start with escrow. And guys, it's not escrow or escrow, because I was joking about that earlier on with my guys, the guys outside. They're like, what's that? Okay, so I think take us through escrow, and then obviously we can move into what escrow is all about. Sure. So the word escrow means to keep in trust. And it's a, it's a word that, that evolved from many years ago. So it's not a new concept. Um, lawyers, attorneys around the block, they all use it constantly to keep two parties' money in trust until some action has been fulfilled. So in that environment, what eEscrow does is, and that's a website that we created, we take a buyer and a seller and we offer them the opportunity to do good and healthy business, safe business, by holding their money into trust while the seller produces the goods. Okay, so let me let me jump in there again and unpack escrow even further. I think the most common example of escrow would be when you buy and sell property because we have a you have a transferring attorney. You pay your deposit into the transferring attorney's account. He or she holds that money, and then when the when the house goes through for registration and transfer, the money is released to either the bank or the seller. Correct. Exactly. Okay, so 
basically you bring a, it's a menage en toi baby you bring a third party into your transaction legally double adapter uh, there we go now I know I had Brecha today so can't believe I just said that that's uh, okay it's, it's, it's your influence and Brett. the podcast will be there for, for prosperity <laughs> later on as well on recordings um, why, why I'm fascinated by this and if you've listened to the last jeez I don't know 15 shows we talk about online safety online reputation transacting online dealing with people you know um so e-escrow you've now obviously taken the concept or principle of escrow and you've moved it online exactly so what we often see is and it's today more than any any other day years before we've got Online, online shopping and online trading where you've got a platform like OLX where somebody would go and put goods up for sale and then wait for somebody to put a, de- a deposit down or pay them the money over. So it's a classic um, problem. Who makes the first move? Is mm. it the seller that ships the good over to the goods over to the buyer or is it the buyer that puts the money into the seller's account? And e-escrow tries to bridge that gap. So what we do is we allow the, the, the buyer to put money into a, an account. We then verify that money, check that the credit cards are real, check that the money is actually in the, uh, the, in the account, and then we guarantee it to the seller. And from that point of view, it, it makes that portion of online business just a little safer. Oh, that's going to cause the entire classified market to explode. But I think, I mean, I mean, I think it's absolutely paramount that we finally have something like yeah. this. Um, you know, if, I, I use the, the teacup Yorkie um, example. There was a phase probably about a year ago when one of these stupid Hollywood people started walking around with one of those little dogs. And then all of a sudden, um, people are immigrating, need to, or they, they're breeders that are leaving or whatever the bullshit is. And, you know, you pay them. All they need is a good home for their pets, their beloved animals. I mean, they're breeders. They're not beloved. They're farms. Um and all they need is 2,000 rand for the, um, what do you call the documentation or, or, or transfer fees or courier fees, whatever. So in good faith, you're paying them because you're not buying the dog, you're paying for a service. And then, jeez, uh, the dog never arrives. Go figure. Now, um, I've seen that a lot. I'm not going to name the online portal because I'm sure they all have their their problems, Okay. And, they, and they're quite good. They warn you. They say there's like tips for buyers and tips yeah. for sellers. Meet in a public place. Only mm. use cash, blah, blah, blah. But you're taking all that pain out. Correct. But mm. yes, I, I tried to sell a device the other day, um, a cell phone, because I could see how you're looking at me, bummer, and you're going, a device? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay. Not that crack screen thingy majority yeah. you had. And I got, I got one of these emails. Um, from a Google or Gmail account, as it always is, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, people keep anonymity online. It's fine. But I'm in uh, Nigeria or Cameroon, wherever it was. The phones are so expensive here. I will pay your price. Now, first of all, no one pays your price. Everyone makes a counteroffer. I, f- I feel like I've, I've experienced the same story, you by the way. It just have. feels way too yeah. familiar. But that's it. I think it's happened to so um, many people. If, you, if you're happy to do that, mm. please uh, send me your banking details. Mm. Boom. Okay. Now, here's a question I want to ask you, okay, is, and I, and I rate myself as quite a tech-savvy person that, but if I give you my bank details, because they say you should never give your bank details, what would the risk be of giving my bank details? My understanding, before you answer that, my understanding is you don't 
take the money via your bank because they send you a proof of payment which could be fictitious. That's easy. It's called Photoshop. But is there a risk of actually sharing your bank details with a third party online? Can they do something or transact? It, they actually can. Um, there, there is legislation that's busy being passed that you can't just um, load debit orders anymore and that debit orders need to be approved once a week or once a month. And that's the real risk. The moment you share your banking details, a party that wants to cause harm could load that onto a debit order system. And with my bank, I had a, a debit order going off the other day. And when I queried it, the bank re- uh, asked me to go speak to the people that's doing the debits mm. and, and stop it at that point. They didn't want to stop the debit order on their side. And that makes it very difficult and it makes it very dangerous for people that's debiting because they won't want to stop it either. So where does it leave the consumer? Brett, do you want to jump in? Yeah, that's yeah. called uh, authenticated collections. And that's been passed on our, uh, I work at Barclays, and uh, so we've been rolling out our authenticated collections. And uh, it does go away to solve that because you get a notification before the direct debit goes off. It does throw a bit of a hurdle in the commercials, in in the flow and ease of commerce, I guess, because it's another step where you've got to pause where something could be disrupted. So I guess we've got to be careful of that. But these regulations are good. But I'd rather see them actually be driven by industry, like what you guys are doing. Let's go way out of our way to protect the consumer first, and then we don't actually need regulation in play to be able to catch up. So we should be leading regulation more so. And and the fun thing about what technology is doing is we're offering an intermediary step that you never have to put your banking details out there. You get websites like Pay2, Zapper, eScrow, that you put your your, your banking details on your user profile in the website, nobody ever sees that. It's the company, the e-escrow, that pays out into your bank account. Mm-hmm. We put our our banking um, bank account numbers out there so that people deposit into our bank account so that you don't run the risk mm-hmm. of debit order fraud. Okay, awesome. so let me ask another question. Brett, I, I mean, you are in the bank, so maybe you've got some more insights on this as well. I know that with a credit card transaction, I can have it reversed. As the credit card holder, I can walk into a bank, they give me a one-page form, and I go, I didn't get the goods, or the goods were faulty, or I've had a fight with the person, blah, blah, blah. Sign, bang, the money's done. It's up to like 120 days or 180 mm. days or mm. something. Yeah, there's a time limit. On I don't know if it do. applies to debit cards as well, but I know that with a credit card. I don't know if, Llewellyn, if you have any info on this. But you mentioned now that the banks don't want to help you with a debit order and or stop order. Mm. Why? Um, you know, again, I, I'm the client. I'm... Standard Bank or Absa Bank, whoever bank it is, I'm the client, not the person that's collecting the debit order. What would their willingness or lack of willingness be? Why would they not want to just say same thing, stop it, boom? No, absolutely no idea. Um, I'm also the person that pays for that debit order. That's the thing. <laughs> so for I can tell you exactly why. Tell us. It's legacy systems. Ah. Uh, so the banks sit in such old systems that when they're written in these mainframe environments, um, the cost was so overwhelmed or overwhelming, so to be able to put in the tech to be able to do that, they just couldn't warrant the cost versus the benefit. Now regulation has forced their hand to start actually putting the investment down on the ground to actually change it. And it's amazing. You do think, as a consumer, I often think, why the hell isn't the bank looking out for me? Guys, it's down to basic business. What is the cost versus the benefit at the end of the day? Um, In the future, we should see, because of fintech businesses challenging the banks, 
that these the, these kind of decisions will be taken more seriously because it becomes a disruptive play instead of just a cost kind of analysis. Sure. I mean, I you know, I was thinking about it as well and prep for the show. The banks are encouraging us to transact online. They don't want us in branch. They yeah. don't want branches, let's be honest. I mean, you can't get rid of them yet, but they don't want branches. But um, Unless the coffee's good. Well, as I said, <laughs> they don't want us in the branches. Um, but the... If you if you're encouraging me to transact online, okay, and if you almost making it that I need to transact online, my statements are coming online, everything's happening online, then I should be able to manage my account online. And one of those things should be kill switch, no more debit order. Thank you very much. I mean, Llewellyn, I know from your background as well, from the early days of mobile, and Brett, you as well. I mean, we all pretty mm. much dinosaurs mm. of mobile. Um, when those those rep services and subscription mm. services started, you couldn't get out of it. Short of changing your number, right. you couldn't. Now you can. Yeah. You make a phone call to your service provider, and they can it. They jump on and they can it straight away. So I mean, the banks do need to start having our backs. I think you can actually see expect to see more from the banks because, again, it's the disruption forces where. Small businesses are moving in with a limited amount of resources and being able to challenge at a customer level, offering great services to customers, things that the customers have always wanted that the banks haven't provided. So the banks either respond or they don't. Mm. And we know what happens if they don't. Exactly. Imagine a world where um, on a monthly basis you've got an SMS and when you click on the link in the SMS, it opened a list of all your debit orders. And you can choose which ones you mm. pay at what on what date. So you, it's all authenticated. Mm. It's all approved it's all by the customer. Yeah. But he gets a list. You know exactly what all your requirements are. You need to pay your bond. But do you have to pay it today? Or do you wait three or four days until you've got money in your account before mm. you pay it? I I, nice. I like yeah. that. But I, I'm actually going to wear the bank's hat here. I can't believe I said that. Um, let's use a bond as an example. So I think there's... 99% merit in that idea, and I'd love to see something that could happen. But then what what starts to happen with irresponsible lenders? So I haven't got money in my account because I went Puzza Thursday last week, and I, I get this SMS that says Truers and Eggers and Bond, and I'm like, eh, I need to have cool clothes. I'll pay Truers, but I won't pay my Bond. You know, so mm. that's always I mean, going to be the challenge. I guess that's where you start balancing the financial aspects. You say, well, you're more than welcome to take a three, four-day break but that's going to incur a nominal interest fee on top of it. Yeah, I suppose. That's, you know, you can chew, you can live with it because you need the time. Um, but if you really don't need the time, it is going to cost you a couple of bucks more. Mm. So In fact, I'm maybe just I listening to what you're saying. You could probably, what they'll do is they'll give you a one-time <clears throat> pass. So you can say, mm. okay, well, it's not the first, it's going on the fourth. So you can say not today and it'll have a default the fourth. You get the 72 hours, whatever, to find the cash. So, um, so in a lot of meetings that I have in the bank, this is called solutionizing. Okay, solutionizing. Sounds We're trying like a, to find the solution like here. Word, that word. Yeah. Uh, does e-escrow, so I'd like to understand the mechanics of it because mm. the word e-escrow tells me it's an online service. Sure. Do you only work on the online environment? Is online your conduit or your vehicle to help escrow services? What's the differentiator? Do you work in the real world and real 
offline transactions. Take us through like yeah. maybe some of the examples of what you what you guys are doing. So yes, um, eEscrow is an online service, and we've invested quite a lot of time and money in building the entire process flow of an escrow transaction. So you can imagine. Coming from a law background with the entire escrow solution, there must be a lot of documentation and legalities that need to be computed into the system. We've taken all of that and hidden it from the consumer and said, you know what, fill out in four steps your transaction and you can specify the buyer, the seller, the agent, percentages, commission, days that you have to inspect the goods after it's been delivered, etc. There's just so much that you can do with the system, and it's all online. It's made easy for the consumer. So one of the very first transactions that we had was a game farming, a game transaction, right. where they had three sable um, changing hands from one farmer to the other. Now, what I didn't know is that there's a lot of corruption and fraud happening in game transactions. Because you decide, you see three sable that you want to buy. Which three? Exactly. <laughs> so you pay your one and a half million bucks for the three buck. I believe so, that these things go, yeah, they're like seven, eight hundred thousand. <laughs> exactly. So the, we received the one and a half million bucks into our account. We issued the guarantees for I it. I thought it was only three bucks. Oh, wait. <laughs> Brayton Brett is confusing me. <laughs> Carry on. So I'm just being followed. So we re- receive the money. They shipped or transport the, the three sable over to the, to the buyer's farm. And they have seven days where the vet, vet will come out and inspect the animals, make sure it's fine before the money gets released. And that's a classic example of how escrow works. So and that's quite complex. If you take every single escrow scenario that you could manage, that verification process must get crazy complex. How do you manage that? It, it, it's taken a while to yeah. build the system. Yeah. Um, for our in our in our situation, we look at the money. We guarantee and verify funds. We okay. do not guarantee or verify the sable. We we don't manage the vets. So it's we really just do the back-end system. We're the Uber of sales. Yeah. So you must uh, be quite interested in the blockchain, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, that sounds like the perfect application for a blockchain platform. Take take the listeners through blockchain and and what's involved or not involved. To try to do it simply. Um, So we all know blockchain when we from bitcoin so bitcoin is the crypto uh, cryptocurrency mm-hmm. um and that's done very well and the currency is what's driven the build of something called the blockchain and the blockchain essentially is a distributed encrypted database um and what i mean by that is instead of having a database in one spot um, what they do is they break the database into a ho- thousands and thousands of different little nodes and they link them up through, I think they're called hashes, mm. or they hash them, which kind of links it up with some um, uh, 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 cryptography. Yeah. Um, and that cryptography is unbreakable, again, because the codes that are running behind it are so, and the algorithms are so complex. So each machine is running all these different algorithms all at the same time with that same database that's broken up a thousand different times. So it's pretty much impossible to hack. Um, and the challenge sus- accepted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> challenge accepted. Yeah. Can I jump in there? Yeah, so it. it's basically a worldwide ledger. It's a, a ledger. There we go. It, that's what I'm trying to it's, a, it's a piece of paper with a lot of transactions written yeah. on electronically. So this gets distributed and saved on millions of computers. Yeah. 
And these computers check each other. They check that your version of this ledger is exactly the same as my version of this ledger. If it's not, I'm kicking you out of this network up until the point that you conform. Mm. So even if you can break one of those ledger um, documents, if you can break into it and change a value, there's a million others that you still need to change. And it's done by consensus, right? It's all done by consensus. Okay. All the servers need to agree that a change has been made. Wow. It's okay, an so amazing system. That's like now. Bitcoin on steroids. I mean, it's taken that whole crypto transactions to yeah. the power I think power the Bitcoin was used to create the miners, right? And the miners are the ones that do the... The, mine, the miners are the guys that make the money. They yeah. make the real money. Yeah, yeah. They, they they move money between people. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually post a real world scenario that happened to me. Okay, <laughs> I'd like you to tell. Let's use a real example of uh, of how um, escrow could have actually saved me having some problem. Now, I normally moan about bad service and things like that, and I generally don't name people, but I think I've started a bit of a trend. Last week, I named someone for fantastic service. It was a small business. I had a great time, good experience, etc. Now, I've had a cuck experience, and it's actually cost me money. Okay, so I'm going to take you through what happened to me, um, and hopefully people never use this company. So I needed a new kitchen. I mean, it's that stage when, uh, you know, house needs a new kitchen and uh, I mean the first thing with the kitchen kitchens and bathrooms it's budget you can get a kitchen for 50,000 rand you can get a kitchen for 500,000 rand you know it's just what have you got to spend so we we my wife and I we went and got designs done and uh, we really really liked this kitchen and then of course we got the quote Um, now it's important that you notice I got the designs done. That's very important to the story that I'm going to tell you because that's where I... And you guys tell me. You can be judge and jury and you can tell me if I'm full of shit or if I'm right and if these people are wrong, cool, we'll name and shame. So basically, great looking kitchen, couldn't afford it. So we had to shop around. So we get to this company called... Well, I'll name and shame them if you agree with me or disagree. Let's save it till the end. So I get to this company. And uh, I must say that from the moment my first dealing, I mean, the owners, uh, he is Napoleonic. It's the only way I can describe it. When you walk in and you, you're dealing with a guy who stands one foot tall and his arms folded, okay? Um, I've already got the heebie-jeebies and I'm not feeling the love. Anyway, so we gave him our designs. And uh, remember, our designs, this is important because this is part of the whole verification. And we said to him, this is what we want. I also gave him my budget because I thought, you know, I'm not going to screw around anymore. I'm not going to go and get another freaking design, another quote, and otherwise rather go back to the drawing board. So I gave him the budget, and he said to me, he'll also do a couple of designs. So when we meet, we can go through the designs, right? So um, the quote came back within our budget, but I mean, I expected that, okay? The, the, the thing that started those the granite or the slate or whatever you call the the surface you know the, i don't know what the right word is there was we had a choice of like two colors that we were looking at and the one is like crap load more expensive than the other i must just do a little side note there with my wife if you hang seven black dresses that all look the same but one of them is three thousand million times more expensive than the other six she will pick it off the shelf <laughs> Okay, it's just I'm just putting that out there and I'm sleeping on the couch when I get home tonight. But so this one slate that she liked, which was more expensive, was also quoted within our budget. So I'm thinking, well, hey, you know, we're we're doing well here. Things are good. Things are happy. Shop around. 
Um, then it comes to the time we're going to meet, and we go and he we go and sit with him to to go through the designs, and he's like, um, I'm, I had to requote it because that slate you wanted that's a lot more expensive. Prices have gone up. Uh, we blamed exchange rates, whatever. Okay, fair enough. He made a mistake. He realized he made a mistake. He quoted incorrectly. I'll give it to him. The other one slate or whatever wasn't that bad. Okay, so we cool. So. Like I mentioned, these were our designs. So we, we go there and we meet with them, okay? And uh, um, it's not the point where we're going to talk money. So now I come back into the situation because the rest of it's not really important, the up and downs and so on and so forth. So we go and sit in the showroom. Um, and my father-in-law is actually an architect. So I had him with me so he could look in that. So he's taken our designs. I, I wish we were writing. I could put our in caps. <laughs> So he takes our designs and he's put them into like like a CAD type program. So you can see which gives you the measurements. Okay, now surely if you're going to cost something out, you have to do that. Because otherwise you don't know what the sides are. I've just given you pictures. Okay. Um, and we said, okay, so what other designs have you got? And the response we get is, no, no, this worked. Okay. So we haven't got any other designs. This is just our original design that's been captured in CAD for costing purposes. And they they started to make one or two little changes. Now, I mean, if you've worked in CAD, you click on something, you drag it, or you... I mean, it's not really rocket science. I got bored, started walking around. And I must say that the workmanship in the showroom was crap. I mean, the tap, you have to, like, hold it. It doesn't stay up by itself. There were paint drips down this... I'm like, eh, okay, now I know why we're within budget, okay? And I discussed it with Gail that night. I'm like, Gail, did you see... She says, yeah, I know. I actually mentioned that to him as well. Like, you know, you're putting this in your own showroom. Anyway, if she's mentioned to him and I've mentioned it to him and there was going to be problems with it after the fact, then we would discuss. So here's the kicker. So now I've said to him, cool, I need an invoice so that I can pay the deposit. It was a 60% deposit that I had to pay. So I get an invoice. So I pay the deposit, okay, in good faith. Bank details there, I pay the deposit, boom. T-E escrow. No, you see, I'm a dus. I didn't know about escrow, but that's why I'm having this now. Yes, man. thought that's where you were going with this. Who doesn't do that? Well, I didn't know about that, but now that we're talking about it, now I know, and anyone else in the future. So, back to my... My kitchen non-escrow, yeah. but this experience. is why I was asking if it's only yeah. online or if it's the real world, because this would be a kind of transaction that might have saved a lot of pain and suffering, both for me and all the company. And um, so now we've paid the deposit. What company was this? Okay, I'll name them: TNT Kitchen Designs. TNT from <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, not the service. No, <laughs> quite, quite okay. explosive. Uh. This was just my opinion, but okay, that's your opinion as well. <laughs> So you guys can join me on the lawsuit. Um, yeah, TNT, boom, boom, kitchens. So, um, so Gail's now speaking to him because, oh, oh, he has the kicker. So we finished. This is like a Saturday afternoon or whatever. Right. I forgot about this part of the story. So I said to him, can I have the designs? Because I want to take the designs that he's got now because we've made a change in the cupboard and we've changed the color and blah, blah, blah. I want to take it home and actually look at it where my kitchen is because I haven't done that yet, okay? I said, up until I didn't really care, but now it's getting real. Now it's my money, okay? No, you'll, I'll give it to you when you pay the deposit. That's the response, which I thought, eh, Llewellyn's eyes are like going, what? But that was my response, but I'm like, ugh, it's Napoleon. We all know what happened to him anyway, so it's fine. We'll leave it. So, names used in this broadcast are to protect the guilty. <laughs> oh, innocent, sorry. Um, anyway, 
So we go home and uh, it must have been I've, now I've paid. So I've got the, the invoice came through quickly. Uh, sure. That was like I asked for invoice, done, boom, finished. So I paid timelessly as well as I do. And now we're asking for the designs. And the designs. And we're asking. So, and then Gail also, you have to strip an old kitchen out before you can put a new one in. Yeah. So we're going to use my father-in-law's builders to do that. So, But I've got a timeless. I don't want to be in a position where I'm looking at a big hole and I can't eat or drink or anything. So we ask him to commit in writing. And this is why I'm telling the story because I'm asking for the things I believe are right. I'm asking for a commitment in writing. I'm asking for an email. I'm asking for... I've signed off something that I haven't actually seen. Okay, so if it ever did have to go legal, what am I? What leg have I got to stand on? I don't have the design. So, well, you paid, you accepted, and you could build me a Lumo pink, bloody kitchen, yeah. mind you. Anyway, so, <laughs> so it's about four Back days or five couch. days. Now, WhatsApp is a beautiful thing for all of us tech non-challenge people like us. Two blue ticks. Mm. You've read it, okay? So I come home and I can see girls frustrated, and I'm like, "What's wrong?" She goes, "I'm not getting any joy with this guy." So me, being me, um, I just sent a message. And my message was fairly firm and basically said, you know what? If you're not interested, I'll send you my bank details and, uh, you know, give me my money back. Okay? Because I'm kind of that kind of guy. Um, I said, and by the way, just by the, because the week before this show, we did CRM, Customer Relationship Management. Okay? Guys at Akinio, um, there's a client called TNT Kitchens. They need to learn about CRM. Because <laughs> the response I get back from him, I don't chase customers. In writing, okay, I have this on WhatsApp with two blue ticks. If that's what you want, in fact, I won't even read it to you because it's drivel. I mean, it wasn't even English. It, it kind of, I, and you know, we type on phones and, and, uh, you can make typos, but I mean, this was drivel. But this, the, the, the summary of it was, I don't chase customers, and if that's what you want, then send me your bank details. So I thought, fine, if you, here's my bank details. Oh, next mistake. What? should I never said, give your bank details. Well, I didn't, didn't have I'm sure we've just advised that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was in the past. I, and that's why I'm asking the future, because I'm going to save the listeners and yeah. everyone else in my network. Yeah. And Brett, we know my network. Yeah. And your network yeah. and Llewellyn's network. There's at least four people in it. Yeah, exactly. Between all of us. Yeah. Five. I have a girlfriend. So. Okay, five. <laughs> Can I add my kids there? Can I go back to my story of doom sorry. and gloom? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So... The next message I get back from him is, okay, I'm keeping a thousand rand back for designs. And Your my designs. Time, my designs. Okay. Now, all three of us have spent time in agency and marketing. How many times have we designed or pitched or yeah. had meetings and held whatever, money back and never got it and held money? Oh, no, but <laughs> yeah, we okay. never got paid We never even got the money first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to him, are you sure you want to do that? You know, is that really how you want to go? So, basically... Um, what should have what should have happened there yes. is on e escrow you've got milestone based escrow which is a project escrow. That's what I was trying to get to. Exactly. Okay. So right in the beginning you'd agree with the kitchen supplier, TNT kitchen designers, whom I'm not quite certain is in the wrong, but we will take that offline. Okay. I'm, I'm just trying to get myself out of the lawsuit. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, <laughs> Brett, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'll just go on the list of my own. Don't touch them. I mean, uh, I still don't have a kitchen, and I'm a thousand less for the fun. So either you or the kitchen supplier could have gone online and just started a new transaction. You call it a milestone, or you select milestone-based um, transaction, and that allows you to, to define project milestones, as many as you want, and you define it. You say, 
First is create the 3D model and you'll pay him 10% ahead of time to do that. Then as he delivers on that milestone, you release payment. So you are at least assured that the first milestone has been met and you can detail what that milestone includes. Can I jump in there? You may. I probably went to five kitchen companies, okay? Um, All of them ranged between 40 and 60% deposit. Mm. So... If I wanted to do the milestone thing, are you suggesting then I could have said, okay, it was 60% in this case, okay? So even that, most expensive and the worst service. But if it was 60%, are you saying I could have said, fine, I'll give you 10%. When I get my drawings and I get my commitment in writing, I'll release the other 50. So I'm still within the 60, but I can have multiple milestones within. That's absolutely part of the the negotiation. Because yeah, they turn around and say, oh, we haven't got the money to buy our materials and we can't you, start. You, and, and, and that's why you can also um, set the agreement up so you get money up front. There are portions. And if they can say, listen, we're going to charge you up front to buy materials, we know that that's a, an expense that you need to pay. So you can release that part of the, the, the funds up front. The thing is, in this market that we are, it's so difficult to get new business. New business is not coming, is not walking through a door. Our, well, cons- apparently it is with these guys. They don't chase customers. In, in most instances, oh, okay. it's not. Okay. So you, you need to start being flexible around this. And remember, it, it does not, e-escrow does not just protect the buyer. It also protects the seller. So now this, the kitchen's guy would start doing the, the work, but he doesn't know whether you still have the other 40%. You've paid him 60 is he going to complete the job and then wait for the other 40% and hope that you still have that money? It also protects him. So he knows that a milestone has been funded ahead of time. So he, he's going to get paid no matter what for that milestone before he starts with the next one. So what you're saying, though, though in, in, to make it fair for both, is that the actual 100% would be paid into escrow. In, in portions and released as a as the agreement between the buyer and the seller. Exactly and the that flexibility of that is there as well. But you do not need to pay the entire hundred um, percent upfront. You you just fund the next milestone. So if you're on milestone two, you fund milestone three before the work for milestone three is done. Okay, so here's the kicker: Who is ESCrow? And I mean that now from the buyer or seller point of view. So like Brett and I are going to do a transaction. Okay, he's going to finally buy a decent phone from me, even though it's like my fourth generation phone. We don't know each other, um, but we also don't know you. So what degree of confidence do we as consumers have, or the two parties in the transaction, that you, and not just e-escrow, I mean any escrow service, you know, what is your... What is your mandate? What is your your guarantee? How does it work? I think that's also quite important. Very, very valid question. So there's two parts to e-escrow. The first is the software that manages the e-escrow transaction. But we are not deposit takers and we're not a bank. We've got on the other side, on this uh, arm's length away, we've got a FSB registered category to fund manager. Yeah. You just hurt my ears. Then. I've got <laughs> earphones on. Sure. An FSB fund to category. What? Uh, yeah. So an FSB registered company that manages the money. So they are licensed to take deposits in and manage those deposits on behalf of clients. Okay. Now you would think of of a situation, a, a wedding. You're planning a wedding. A wedding. You need to put down a deposit with a um, venue, nine, ten, twelve months ahead of time. Those people sit with that deposit. They're not attorneys. 
They're not a bank. You have no idea what you're busy yeah, funding true, with a hundred thousand rand. Exactly. Nuts. And and people would have endless stories of losing those deposits. So that's what an e escrow service does. But we cannot because I'm I'm as a as a software person, I don't have that FSB registration. I've got no auditors that check me. But we've got the FSB registered fund manager that checks the money. So we can't touch the money. It's our software and you that provide the instruction to release funds or do not release funds. And, and your revenues come from a transactional-based charge? Correct. Something like that, right? Yes. Transaction cool. fee, um, nice. around about 1%, one, 1.5%. One it's nice. not breaking Jeez, the bank. Not, no. no. I mean, I just lost more than that um, yeah. to an idiot, you know, mm. I, just because we didn't have an agreement in place. Exactly. Um, and in fact, funny enough, I read through the terms and conditions and there's no reference to if you cancel, you know. So, mm. I mean, it's actually theft. That's mm. what it is, tantamount. Anyway, but back to – so that was my next question was the percentage or fee. Who pays that? Because I'm selling stuff, okay? Um, mm. I'm not going to release the stuff until I get paid. But you're buying it and you're saying, well, I'm not going to release the money until I get the goods. So where does the – what's the correct place for that fee to lie? And, you know, we've just both of us just said it's 1% or even if it's 5%. It's not a lot of money for peace of mind. But hold on a second. It's my five percent. You know, all of a sudden that, yeah. that human. Which, which one? So, who actually pays the fee? Um, in the negotiation, you can set it up. You can say the buyer pays it, seller pays it, agent pays it. It's a two-way split or a three-way split. You okay, can. So the flexibility. Oh, cool. what, you can agree. In, what would you? What? What would be the right way to split it? I mean, who? Who needs more protection, the buyer or the seller, or is it not like that? Is the transaction dependent? It's come back to a, an online. Um, Advertising, um, what do you call it? Classified. Classified yeah. example. Both buyer and seller are equally exposed. That's true. Um, you, you never know whether the bicycle that you're going to buy is a real bicycle or is it something that a fictive bicycle coming from Cameroon. Yeah. <laughs> you get a um, scale model. Exactly. <laughs> so so as, as a buyer, I'm, I'm as exposed as a seller. So it really depends. The model, the standard model would be that the buyer pays. Um, the the escrow fee, uh, the seller pays the merchant fee. So the merchant fee is when you use a credit card, there's an acquiring fee that needs to be paid right. of 3%. Yeah. So that would normally be the model, but in escrow, in the negotiation, you can agree that. escrow even handles the entire delivery of it. I mean, you set your couriers up, you can tell them to collect, you can tell them to deliver, and all of that is automated mm. in the system. Yeah, that's amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. So basically, you can take... 99% of the sting off the table. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to resolution if there's a fight. I mean, what actually happened? Okay, well, here's an interesting question. So, the phone. I've now advertised the phone. It was 5,000 rand. 1% is, what, 50 rand. I'm happy to pay it. I send 5,050 rand to ESCRO. The seller releases the phone. It comes to me. I'm not happy. Now I've got to pay to get this back or, you know, is there a resolution that's handled online as well through ESCrow, or do I have to now contact the seller and say, "Listen, this is not, uh, you know, not what you what you what you're supposed to have sold me. The screen's cracked, or something like that." So, within the ESCrow platform, there is a res- way to re- do the the resolution. However, in the the buyer would have to return that on his own cost, at his own cost. Now, you th- you might think that that sounds weird, but buy something from Macro or Checkers and come home and it's broken. They don't come and fetch it from you. You it's actually have to yeah. right. 
drive back to their customer services. Yeah. And moan like a stuffed pig when you get there and some folk behind the counter. And I uh, drove all the way back here with this broken thing. I had to do that this morning. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and, and that's the principle that it works okay. on. So it's pretty much like a normal transaction. The only difference is that the money is going through escrow. So the risk is... Well, it's actually zero then. Well, because and you don't really send escrow for everybody, surely, yeah. Sure. And, and yeah, E dash escrow, so yeah. escrow for everybody. The, one of the, the important parts of escrow is that we, we, we take the risk of chargebacks. So when, you pay, when somebody pays you with a credit card, it is possible that they can remove the money. They can withdraw, dispute that transaction. For a buyer and a seller, for a seller, that's a massive risk. Sure. In e-escrow's case, we take that risk. We don't pass mm-hmm. that risk on to the consumer. So it makes that 1% or 1.5%, whatever it is, it makes it all the more valuable. Um, that uh, It makes it worth your while to pay it. Yeah. I think I just want to quickly wrap it up using the, the, the dispute side of it. Um, what happens in a situation where you've released the money or no sorry you haven't released the money there's a dispute that comes to an absolute loggerhead it's not going anywhere do you allow for something like an arbitrary or or let me let me simplify the question i've put money into escrow's account goods arrived they're terrible i've now sent them back okay the seller's saying that i broke the goods on the way in other words we just we we're now at a fight in a normal offline transaction i come to you and say i want my money back what you can you release that money back to me on the basis that I've told you I've sent the goods back? Or do we need to go to arbitration, uh, the buyer and the yeah. seller, to get an instruction to tell you to release the money? Because mm-hmm. what protection then does the buyer, the, the seller have that the buyer did break the goods and send them back mm-hmm. in? There, there's an arbitration process that you would need to go through, and we only act on instruction of the arbiter. Okay. So um, you have that one through as well. That both Brett and Brett have settled and please pay 50% to each of them type of thing, whatever the, the resolution would be. Cool. Okay, well. Sure. Now, we've got to wrap up. We're getting close to the end here. Um, you say e- 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 escrow. I was going to say escrow for everybody, but escrow for everybody. Um, is it as simple as that, Llewellyn? I don't, you know, I've done an escrow transaction in, in transacting before. I've had to go to a lawyer. I've paid fees. I've signed documents that, with this thick, you know, um, is it as simple as go online, conclude it, we both happy, and then it it becomes valid? Or is there a, f- a registration? <coughs> problem? What, what do we do to be able to use it? it it's as easy as going onto the website e-escrow.co.za, yeah. click on the start here button, start a transaction. The entire registration process is part of starting a transaction. So whether you're the buyer or the seller or the agent, you can start your transaction online right there. And it doesn't need to be a local transaction. It can be an international transaction. We've just shipped 10,232 cans of energy drink <laughs> from a company in, in Gauteng. <laughs> Out to Belgium with an American company doing the facilitation. Sure. So cross border escrow, cross border transactions is our biggest seller because people who makes the first move. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bomber, any uh, concluding comments from you before I wrap it up? I don't know. I've got the angry bird joke that I always used to say, and I can remember I was on stage a couple of times. So I'm going to drop it here as well. Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners don't know Angry Bird, and when I I talk about it, it is a game. It's it's not my wife. 
Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> anyway, I just had to get that. I was itching. Oh, Nothing to do with no. the yes, bro. I'm not even going to hit the applaud or the drum roll button. I was giving you a drum roll opportunity, yeah, oh, bro. Not quite on that one. I'm sorry. Re- okay, so I apologize, but it is a public holiday. We dragged him out of a pub, apparently, not home. I will go straight back there now. Llewellyn, thanks very much for your time. Guys, e-escrow.co.za. I suggest you use it if you're transacting online. Uh, I know I'm going to next time I yeah. buy my kitchen, which will not be from these people. <laughs> um, so until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.